What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results. Hello, Mimi. How's it going over there? Good morning. I know it's been a busy, busy, busy week for you. And, the, you know, we're, it doesn't matter whether it's summer, winter, summer, you know, summer, winter, spring or fall. You are running. Well, you know, would you be sad if I told you I wasn't busy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, it's it's spring, summer market. Yeah. Everybody's busy, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. I'm just surprised because I think that, you know, we, you know, when we first started doing this show a million and a half years ago during the Stone Age, um, I feel like you were telling me, well, it was kind of seasonal. And now's a good, like, occasionally there would be a, 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 Two and a half day window where you weren't just crammed full. I don't know. Kind it's of thing. Been I feel- seasonal since what, two thousand eight? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like I feel like there was a minute where you're like, oh, maybe I have. You know, now you're just like it's it's really getting people prepared preemptively it yes. sounds like all the time yes and, and we speaking of preemptively we've got our our good friend shelly ferris with sierra pacific mortgage here our mortgage expert good morning yes. good morning yes and what's your nls number oh, please Shelley? yes cover some business quick yes three six seven eight two six and the branch is one seven eight eight and i know we're going to cover a lot today but i also saw that there was a little teaser here that at the end of the show we're going to tell people how they can make a quick 125 dollars. is that what i read yes potentially aha so you got to listen to the whole show yes. and we'll see how you might be able to grab some cash what do you got well you know <laughs> you're gonna t- let, let's spill it's it no she said you gotta uh, wait till the end of the show what yes yeah, okay <laughs> well we've got some good links posted as always mm-hmm. and we've po- posted a new video and of course we've posted the link for the red hot house of the week so be sure and check that out okay um i wanted to let everybody know that you can actually check out the link right there and shop for houses oh, right yes. here on mm-hmm. my talk 1071 so our keyword is red hot Go there and you can actually download the app and start shopping for houses right away. And it's always good to go and check through all of those resources that you put on your Red Hot Real Estate show page because it does help people do some of that initial legwork. Like if you're trying to figure out what is actually going to motivate me to actually get up off the couch or if nothing, sit on the couch and reach over and grab your mobile phone and make these initial phone calls. Those links, they're right there in your hand. You know, it's interesting because um, we're really, really fortunate that the listeners here at My Talk, they give us a lot of trust and um, we appreciate that so much. You know, but, but, you know, when you're doing and meeting people out in the general public, they don't generally have that much trust right up in the beginning. Right. I agree. Yeah. You know, so it takes a while. Like, for instance, if you're at an open house, um, the seller wants people to sign in. You know, they want to know who's in their house. Okay. And that's fair. Right. You would want to know. And so everybody's always a little bit reluctant to kind of, you know, share that information. You have to tell them, hey, we're not stalkers. We're not going to blow you up. Right. You know, <laughs> it's just, you know, we want to make sure that, first of all, that we can share with the seller who's in the house. And secondly, you know, we can follow up with you to see right. if there's anything else we can do. So, you know, like if you're just starting out, what is the first thing you really want to do? You want to look at pictures of houses. Right. And the next thing you really, really, really want to do is be in houses. (laughs) Right. And no one wants to talk to the lender. I can totally tell you that right now. Listen, Shelly, nobody wants to go to you. It's like saying drop your underwear. It's like, you know, it's true. You know, it's like going to the doctor and say cough. It's like... 
But it's not that it's bad. Because you're right. They do think that it's very idiotic to continue on that analogy. It's very exposing. They think they're going to have to give yes, you all yes. of their financial information. We probe. Right. We exactly. <laughs> you know, we financially probe. But you, probe. yes, and you make it very comfortable, though, Shelly. Well, right? I try. Exactly. So, Shelly, kind, very kind. Let's tell everybody first of all, off the bat, what's your phone number? Oh. 612-839-6918. And that's how people can get a hold of Shelly with right. mortgage questions. Yes. yes. So, Shelly. ASAP. You and I have had some spectacular issues. Yes. We have we have gotten over some mighty big hurdles. Yes. Yes, I would we have. Say. And so, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because, you know, if you're doing your job really, really well, your client doesn't really see all the things that go Back behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And that can be chaotic, mm-hmm. right? And same thing for you, Miss Shannon, in right. your world. Right. It's like, you know, no, you don't get up on the stage, make somebody sweat. You just get up there and you go. Yes. Yes. Right? And it is a matter of like, you don't see all of the, there's a reason why you don't want to know exactly as we put it, but what goes on behind the curtains. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know all that. We just mm-hmm. make it all work. That's mm-hmm. right. And so I think it must be very freeing in your industry for them just to go, well, I showed up and everything was taken care of and the paperwork was done. Mm-hmm. But that also means that, you know, you as, uh, as a potential purchaser, there are always some little tips that we give to not make your realtor or mortgage person have to go through too many hoops. <laughs> there are some things you could do to not make the process there so are. complicated, right? Yes, but mm-hmm. you know, there are things that pop up that nobody could have predicted. Ah, right, fair right. It is mm-hmm. like new territory. You've discovered the new world. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> right? yes, exactly. Yeah, and then it's like I figure it out. That's what makes my job. Actually, interesting and fun, though, is like all the puzzle pieces that you put together and all the knowledge that you have built on over the course of all the years, because that transaction you closed seven years ago is kind of like this one. Maybe we could make that. Hey, that does work. Excellent. We'll keep marching towards closing without anybody knowing the sausage making behind the Wonderful. Yes. Oh, man. I like that analogy. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, I think that that's a really good thing for our listeners to know that, you know, if you do have junk in your trunk that (laughs) maybe hasn't been exposed to any light in a while, we can probably figure it out. So we would love it so, so much if our listeners and our callers would call in today with things that they think might could be skeletons in their trunk. Ah, fair enough. That they are afraid to get into home ownership because they don't know who to call. Right. That number is 651-641-1071. It's 651-641-1071. So, Shelly, tell us a little bit about what's going on in the market from the mortgage perspective. Well, the the market is great, as we kind of talked about when we started off. Rates are great, often below four, uh, if you're willing to pay points, you know, always, if you're willing to pay points, What's you're going to get under points four. again. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. They, thanks for calling that out. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, it, a point is 1% of your mortgage amount. Okay. And you can use points to buy things, either longer termed locks or to buy your interest rate down. Okay. So that's what points are. So for instance, if your house is 200,000. Yes. You could, if you think the interest rate is high. Right. And you're like, gosh, if I just wish it was like another percentage or half percentage lower, it makes such a big difference in my payment. Yes. A point in that per instance is $2,000. Okay. So if you could give Miss 
Shelly here, $2,000. What can you do with $2,000? Exactly. So maybe that, depending on the day, because that changes too, how much that $2,000 buys you. But then we look at that and we do the math. And I do the math for you. You don't have to do the math. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you how much you'll save by buying that down. So will that money really benefit you in the long run? How long are you going to live there? How much is the benefit? We marry those two things up and figure out the years it'll take you to recoup. And then we make our decisions. So, so what does that look like? Is that like a half point can of be, interest? Or be, can it be more? Could be a quarter. Could be an eighth. Okay. You so, know, so then it might not be worth it to okay. spend the money. So how does that differ from different people? So every uh, mortgage company prices loans along their own uh, guidelines, their okay. own um Oh, I don't even know what to call it. Algorithms, I guess, is the best word. So uh, credit score, longevity on the job, where you're located, all of these things mix up to give you your interest rate, how much you're putting in down payment, what type of loan you're getting. All of these things mix in to determine what rate you get and how much the points are. Mm. And then tied to market, you know, so market changes every day. And we're talking about the bond market, so not the... You know, stock market, but I know I'm getting deep here now and wah, wah, wah. <laughs> well, that is why people to know that they can get a cheaper interest rate if right. you get a little cash sitting in a bank. And I think that also helps because that goes back to what you're saying before about a lot of things that are going into this whole process that you have to keep track of, Shelly, and that you keep track of, Mimi. But that's the reason why I don't have to be an expert in this, is right. that I can re- use you as that resource that will keep track of all of these different cogs that go into the wheel that gets me my mortgage. So let's just ask you this question right here. Mm-hmm. Did you know that you could get a cheaper interest rate if you paid a little more cash? No, I had to ask what points were again, remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I, think, <laughs> exactly. I, do th- I don't mm-hmm. think that points get discussed anymore. I, I agree. Don't, mm-hmm. I and agree. I think that's a really good thing to talk about. Yeah, we, do, we do. When we do loan application, we talk about that. Like this is, I show them. I bring up the screen. There's no smoke and mirrors here. Right. I bring up the screen and I show them the pricing. Nothing to hide. It's This is what it is. Right. This is what the rate is without any cost this is what it is with cost mm-hmm. this is what your payment will be with cost what do you want to do well i know for a fact nobody talked to me about points when i was buying my first house right um i i think we might could have done it yeah because we were playing paying like seven and a quarter for interest wow because i am a i'm not quite a dinosaur but yeah. i'm like you know <laughs> so seven and a quarter you know let's talk to our friends out there that have paid 18 percent right. for oh, their house okay yes. yeah that was in the 80s yes. so you know that's not that long ago not that long ago and the music was fabulous and the hair was great <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. See, I don't miss the 80s. I feel like we were all shiny and lots of bright colors. Well, I don't know. They were pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're going to wrap it up and we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about closing costs and what Shelly is seeing as a mortgage professional. Yes, are we getting closing costs as buyers or are we not? And you can also call and be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Ms. Shannon. In studio today, our good friend Mimi Shoneman, licensed realtor with Remax Results, and also Shelly Ferris from Sierra Pacific Mortgage, helping you guys out today. All right, so Shelly, let's just talk about it. Let's hit it right on the head. Um, you and I don't see things the same with closing costs, do we? Yes, no, we don't. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I get purchase agreements with seller paid closing costs. And we were just kind of talking about this on the break. You know, your question about, well, how long has the house been on the market? I don't look at that. That's not something that I see necessarily or I right. even dive into. But you certainly would. You would see that based off of what you're showing. Yes. And so it's interesting. You know, you're going out with people and they're saying, well, what do you, what do you think? Could we get closing costs? 
It depends, right? It depends on how long has the house been on the market, what kind of condition is it in, if it's flying off the shelf on the first couple of days. What's your strategy? I mean, are you are you really bringing your A game to that seller to say, yeah, yeah, take my offer, and by the way, give me $6,000 on top of it. So it is a case-by-case scenario, and I think to make the strongest offers out there, our sellers are seeing no closing costs. Will sellers do it? Yeah, because you don't really ever know their motivation. Right. You know, maybe they got to go now and, you know, you're the best thing since sliced bread and they you don't know they think that, but maybe they do. Because it's a risk. That's that's just it. You're you're asking them to put their best foot forward if they really want the house and putting closing costs in the offer isn't their best foot forward necessarily, so they're risking losing the house. But yeah. Shelly, when you are working with me from the mortgage side, you're saying that sometimes since you know my numbers, you'll go, well, this is what this is the best you can do at the moment? Right. Okay. Right. And so we're like, you know, so it, is it the same as when you, uh, Shelly and Mimi, when you guys are discussing it with me from a perspective going, well, all I qualify for right now is an FHA. And so you're going, well, we can still look, but that's not the best that you can ever do. So do you usually work with people to try and to get them to, we can make an offer now, but it's in with this particular caveat and we'll try and get you to a better offer maybe later. I don't understand your question. I guess I'm saying if I, if I'm sitting there and the only way I can make an offer is because I, I can say, but they have to cover the closing costs, go ahead and make the offer. Right. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. It's a case by case basis because right. all they can do is say no, right? Okay. And after they've said no to you about three or four or five times, that gets to be painful. Right. Fair enough. Okay. So um, the thing that I see are the people that have that have the cash in the bank and they still don't want to pay their own closing costs. Okay. You know what all I'm right. saying? Right. And so and that's frustrating. Okay. For sure. Because it does make your, uh, and I talk to people about that at app, you know, you, the more you ask, the you know, you're looking for a deal, you're asking for them to pay closing costs. You, there's, it's too much. It's too many layers here. Okay. You got too much competition, you get trampled on. I mean, no, right. no one's going to take so, it. So it's we're part s- of the reason why you're saying that is that you're, you know, lots of times people just go, well, you're just, tr- you know, I, they kind of go into with this swap meet mentality thinking that they can. I just really believe that buyers are more realistic than they ever have been. Okay. Um, Because they are hearing, they're listening, they're studying and I believe they know it, but there's just an instinct in all of us to try to get it for less. Okay. Everything. I no matter what. Yes. Because it's like it's a win. It's like, okay. oh, I just got to win. You know, so sellers right. sometimes give them a little morsel. Let them win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. And let's talk about the up and over strategy that we have been seeing a lot of. If if you, you've got to look at the comps of a, of a property to make sure what that what it really is worth. When you're making an offer and your realtor should be doing comps for you so that you know that you're making a smart offer. And so let's say you go into a competitive situation where you're in multiple offers and the the listing agent is calling for highest and best. Okay. And you say, well, I'll pay more. You know, you that's great. But if the property is not worth that, then it doesn't appraise. Okay. What happens when it comes back? Do you have the money to make up the difference? So let's say you went up and over. The house is listed at 250 and you say I'm going to 275001. Yes. Yes. You watched a lot of prices right. You're ready you go. to win. I yeah, yeah. got it. Okay. Yeah, I want that bicycle. Um so Anyway, now I lost my train of thought. So you go up and over yep. and then we run the numbers. Right. And I say to you, Miss Shannon, 
I think that the highest that's ever sold in this neighborhood is two sixty nine. Okay. And you're like, that's six thousand dollars difference. What do I do? I really, really want that house. Well, what happens? Do you have six thousand dollars sitting in your bank? Yes. Do you have mom that could gift you six thousand dollars if it doesn't come in? You can't rely on the seller all the time okay. making up the difference. And I think right. people think I'll just take the risk and the seller will just drop the price. Right. Maybe they won't. What right. happens if they don't, Shelly? Right. So if they don't, then you're contracted to buy the house at the higher amount because okay. that's what you signed the purchase agreement to to buy it at. Most cases, they come somewhere and they com- make, they make some kind of meeting in the middle, if you will, or something to that effect. But to Mimi's point, not always. And not do they have to. You know what I mean? So, And then you've spent money on an inspection an appraisal. and an appraisal. Yep. You've probably given your notice on your apartment. Right. Um, maybe there's transactions in the, in the, you know, maybe you're selling something and there's a whole line of contingencies behind you that this sale is very important. So, you know, there's just a lot of things that you have to really think about and talk about. Um, so up and over can be risky. It can be. And sellers, oftentimes, I was telling Mimi at the break, too, aren't accepting the up and over offers because they're afraid that it's not going to appraise. Oh, fair enough. Listen, if it was going to appraise for that, wouldn't I have listed it for that? You know what I mean? That's kind of the attitude from the listing agent side of things. So, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts here. And good news is is that we haven't had any value problems in the last couple of months at least i haven't personally i haven't heard of any so this usually happens at the end of summer where our values are are pretty good but there's still wonky deals that just go crazy high like what you just described and then yeah now what now what you go back to the drawing board is what you do so yeah yeah it all goes back to talking people through the scenarios and the possibilities right Right. because there's a lot of moving pieces that could happen and you know, we talk about it all the time, over and over again. And sometimes we might forget that you have never heard that before. Right. You know, and that's important information for you to know. Mm-hmm. So that you're making smart decisions when you get ready to do something. Mm-hmm. Because maybe I'm sitting there going, well, this, you know, in my head, when I'm going back and forth, since I'm not in it every day, it looks like there's this, when you're saying there's multiple offers, that feels like one of those TV reality show bidding wars, that there's all these numbers going around and I'm just trying to make my look more sparkly you're saying no there's actual more real life the you know it's not that kind of sparkle it's no they're picking the best offer of and guess all what? of the same dollar amounts kind of and is what it is it's not always the highest price that's going to win the that's deal right okay so i put a lot of a lot of stock in who the mortgage person and the mm-hmm. mortgage company is because if i know something about the mortgage company and i don't like it or okay. i've had a bad experience with it that is a strike. Okay. That's a strike. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are waiving home inspections. Okay. I don't think that's a great idea for buyers, but if you do it, that's a win for a seller, right? Right. Okay. You can go immediately into pending status. Right. So, and maybe you're in the trades. Maybe you're not as afraid of whatever would happen or come out of that home inspection as somebody else might be who has no way of fixing anything. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. So maybe that's not as big a risk to you. And that really is a win for the seller. So that makes your offer better, even if it's not more money it's still a better offer right and then there's the written statement in the purchase agreement so sometimes um you can check that the earnest money will automatically go back to the buyer or you can put a little pressure on the loan officer to provide a written statement saying that the person is all the way fully through underwriting by a certain date Mm -hmm. 
that is just a smidge more impressive to a seller. I think so, too. Yeah. And it, it really it doesn't make it get all the way to that closing before you find out it could fall apart. It gives the seller kind of a heads up of, ooh, we're having some problems here. I can't give you that commitment letter because once that commitment letter goes out, that loan better close. OK. Yes. And that the thing that I think that people need to understand is these are contracts there these are rules contracts these are not if you are kind of like oh you know kind of loosey-goosey kind of person and you're like well i don't understand why that's such a big deal uh, because it's in writing on a legal document right and it is a big deal lots of it is a big deal so you know you got to pay attention to the dates and contingency deadlines and pay real real strict attention to it and we track all of that for our clients Right, right. All right. Well, we are going to go to break again. And what are we going to cover when we get back, Shelley? Oh, we're going to talk about um, if you've had problems in your life, if you've had judgments or bankruptcies or foreclosures, what have we done in the mortgage and real estate world to help get over those? Don't think you're down and out. We can get you through. Wonderful. And I know, maybe we also have your red hot house of the week when we get back, we right? Do. All right. We'll be right back here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here with Mimi Shoneman and Shelly Ferris. And that music means that we are time and ready to talk about our Red Hot House of the Week. Okay, so we have a perfect, perfect townhouse in Cottage Grove Yay. at 6794 Meadowgrass Lane South. Priced at 210 it's a two-bedroom with a loft and a two-car attached garage in unit with a beautiful private setting, all grassy oh. knolls. Absolutely amazing. Low association dues. Yeah, it's move-in ready wow. and perfect. 210. Wow. And I'm just going to tell you, we've already called for highest and best. We got offers immediately. Today at 7 is the deadline. If you want to see it, call me. 651-578-2218. Oh. Make sure glorious. you go check that out. Yeah, I mean, Shelly, I'm like you. I have a kid now and all this stuff. But single, single, single Shannon. No, no, no. No, single Shannon was very happy with her townhouse. That will you know, kind of thing. Like, now I need a yard. You know, kind it's of thing. It's got a yard. Back that does it. Well, it's oh. an end unit. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, that's, wow. yeah, okay. Yeah, nice. Nice so, indeed. And we've got it posted on our show page, so you can check it out along with all of our other really great links. Be sure if you're shopping for property or you're thinking about selling that you check out our links on there because it's good, good information. Right. So make sure you check it out. Again, you can always go to mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot. I'd give anything to have like, you know what? If, if I just had like a hundred of those. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Although. Come on, builders. Be build a hundred of those. A <laughs> hundred of those. Please. That's like the edge of the brownie pan, though. It can't all be edges. You like it's the like edges? Something. Yes. That's oh, my man. favorite. That's my favorite. See, I like the gooey middle. Oh, see, you can have it. I will scoop all of that that deliciousness yeah. out and give it to you. All well, I want is the edge. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so now we've gone there. Let's talk about frosting. <laughs> oh, you want edge pieces or like? Yeah. I am a. I am a. I'm. I'm a middle. I don't love frosting. Oh my I gosh! Just I'm just frosting. the opposite. Oh, see, see, it was perfect. We should just always eat one, you know, adjacent Together. to one another. Buttercream. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. Can, mm. I like it, but I don't want all of it. So you, you can, can have the rest of it. You cannot give me enough buttercream. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know what to give this woman for her birthday. No. <laughs> yeah, a okay. ladle, a so, ladle, and a bunch of buttercream frosting. Yes, yes, for sure. Okay, we're talking about real estate, I think. So, <laughs> Shelly. Yes. 
we've been looking at all kinds of things yes. behind the scenes. Yes. And we're going to talk about judgments. Yes. From back in the oh, day. Oh boy, I'm telling you, you talk about behind the scenes. That that stuff used to be right out there on the credit report. Lenders were fully aware of what was going on with oh, those kind of things, okay. and they are not there anymore. They pulled oh. them from credit reports. Okay. And why is that? I don't. It's fair credit reporting. Yada 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 yada. Yes. So okay, I get it. I get it. You don't want to be judged because of your judgments or collections, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. But um, they they rear their ugly head in title work, and okay. so now what's happened? You've bought a house, and now it rears its ugly head in the title work. Two days before closing, these judgments appear. Now, what type of judgments do people, you know, historically do we see? So, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about a client that we just closed this past week, a wonderful listener. Um, He had a business that went belly up. It was back in the meltdown. And, you know, a lot of businesses went belly up at that time. And when business stopped coming in, uh, there was no more income. And so, if there's no more income, you can't pay your vendors, no matter what you've promised to pay them or the house has closed and you can't pay them um this he was a builder type he had uh, that kind of vendor um and so um a couple of them had quite high uh payments coming to them and put a judgment on uh our borrower okay well our borrower um he was in partnerships with people it was also tied to the business i mean it was messy and he did lots of legal stuff to get that all cleaned up in the past and now the time has passed enough that uh he was eligible to buy a house and so he did And about a week ago, (laughs) before closing, these judgments come up in title work, these past judgments that he had claimed in his bankruptcy. So he's clear, right? I've claimed them in my bankruptcy. They are no longer attached to me. Right. Well, uh, not so legally. Um, so, uh, we, we worked with title, we worked with the underwriter, we looked at programs, we looked at different ways to structure the transaction so that the past could stay in the past and not affect the legality of our house. So what does all that mean? Yes. When a mortgage company closes, they want to be in first lien position. And if you've got judgments in your past, those nasty little suckers can sneak in between before we get recorded. Okay. And now that's all well and good if you make your payments on time and life goes on or whatever. But if for some reason you don't and you lose that house, that judgment person that got into first lien position is first um, in line to get the money in the foreclosure, not the mortgage company as it should be. And so that's what could have happened. But instead, what we found was we closed in what's called a purchase money mortgage, and that kept the past in the past. Our fantastic title person from Results Title gave our borrowers a packet of information that they could fill out and file so that that never has to happen to them again. Okay. So they're 100% in the clear now, and the mortgage company is protected because of this purchase money mortgage. Okay. So... So What's again, something that's mortgage? floating around behind the scenes yes. that you think is taken care of. I'm taking care of. You're going, oh, it's really not. And right. so we need a professional like you, Shelly. Exactly. Act, okay, got it. Exactly. Okay. And only because of the experience and other transactions that we've had and the experience of the title person were we able to marry all this together and go, this is the solution so we can still close today. And so lots of things can show up last minute like that. Um, you know, For instance, student loan debt. Tell me if this is true or not. Student loan debts get reported quarterly. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Right, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, you could have a client that you come in, you pre-approve them, and there's no student loan debt on 
no lates, no nothing right. on the credit report. Right. And right before closing, yep. something could show up, a late or what have you. Right, or a new loan. Maybe they signed a new student loan because it's just normal life for them. You don't stop your life just because you're buying a house. Right. You normal life through life. And then all of a sudden you signed your student loan note in May and we're supposed to close at the end of the July and my old credit report doesn't show this new debt and poof, there it is. <laughs> and so what happens when that happens? First I pull all my hair out, then... <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we go, I for myself this I can only describe what I do, but I pull back and right. I get I get really slow. Like I know loan officers that start to get really fast and get really panicky or whatever. I get really slow and introspective and look at the whole picture and look at what do we have in income? Oh, maybe we have a little more income here okay. we could squeeze out. Oh, you got a raise? Oh, you could get a co-signer? Oh, right. you could get a gift? Oh, you there's all kinds of moving things in your transaction all the time that a good loan officer officer looks at the whole picture doesn't just look at that one thing and go oh my god we're dead <laughs> exactly nobody wants to be dead yes um, especially when you've already you know spent the money on the thing you're already invested you know i tell folks all the time please don't fall in love with this house until, until you have the keys gotcha please don't because you know anything could happen right it's true yeah. let's just say let's talk about all the things that could happen so we've got a borrower what this is hypothetical Let's just say that borrower is getting a gift from a family member mm-hmm. to help with the down payment. Mm-hmm. What happens if the family member passes away right. before the gift comes and then right. their estate gets tied up in probate? Right. Right. Yeah. I'm going to get that money into the account right away. Exactly. And get that gift funds documented. Right. So talk about gift fund documentation because I talk, I talk to my clients about that all the time. Please don't do anything with your money until you've had a proper discussion with your loan officer right. so that you're doing it right. Right. Yeah. If you ever, I, I tell people that too. If, you, if you're if you in a transaction, so you've signed a purchase agreement and we're headed towards closing and anything financial happens, someone asks you for your social security number for any reason, that should be a warning flag to you. Am I accidentally opening up a new credit card? Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing that. Right. Kohl's 20% off. <laughs> yeah, it's not don't worth it, people. Do it. You don't need new, if you don't need new tires don't yeah. get a credit Listen, card go barefoot yes. go barefoot as long as you can right. get the shoes after you close <laughs> exactly exactly but gift documentation you know uh, when it's a conventional transaction all we need is a signed gift letter and the gifter wires the money to the title company that's it there's no more documentation fha we need the signed gift letter the statement from the gifter showing they have the money to give tracking the money into your account that it's been gifted and then that's how a gift is tracked on fha so they're very different very very different we like the conventional method better obviously but there's no reason to wait till the last minute to get that done you should do that as soon as all the contingencies are finished get it into the bank get it right. so it so nothing can happen so it's there right. and it's settled right okay. exactly right. all right right yeah because what if mom what if you get in a spat with mom and right. she's like you're out yeah. <laughs> you know Good thing you got the money yeah because yeah. you can always and if nothing goes wrong then you can always give it back right. like if you're like if 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 not or if it turns out that something goes wrong on the other side you can give it back. Just That's get right. your ducks in a exactly. row. Okay, exactly. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, a tree falls on the house. So yes. it has nothing to do with you. A big storm came. Right. Right? Well, I'm not going to buy the house with the tree, the tree on it. Tree on it. Right. <laughs> that was not. Well, I don't see why That not. was not in the photos. <laughs> now it's a tree right. house. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Bonus. So, so Shelly, y'all are killing me. Um, 
We're going to come back from this break. Let's talk about some medical bankruptcies. Yes, let's talk about that. See what kind of scenarios that. that you can get over. We can get over that. And then I'm going to tell you a story about another gentleman. Still can't believe that one. About <laughs> a foreclosure that happened nine years ago. And then we're going to talk about $125. Right. You can also be part of the show. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Thank you again for joining us for the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from uh, Remax Results, also from Sierra Pacific Mortgage, Shelly Ferris, giving you some great information this morning. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that can be happening behind the scenes that can be problematic. We know people have lives, you know, and lives ebb and flow. You can be up and you can be down um, financially, you know, where you're thinking about getting a house. And you may even be surprised to find things on your credit report that you thought should not possibly still be there. Right. It's like, what? Yes. I had a Shell gas card when I was 16 years old. (laughs) What's that doing on here? You know, so... um, don't be afraid of the credit report. Actually, it's your friend. It'll tell you what information is out there that needs to be known so that you can qualify for a mortgage. Right, right. I tell people too, you don't and don't like blindly trust these sites that, you know, what I don't want to name them, but you know what sites I'm talking about with the app and your credit card that gives the score and the yada yada. Those are not mortgage scores, folks. And I've seen as much as a hundred point swing, both good and bad from those sites. So you, what you want to do is have a mortgage person like myself. If you're scared about it affecting your score, let me pull a soft credit pull for you so I can at least tell you what scores are and what's affecting you. And I can help give you advice on how to make it better. I do it all the time. I was on the phone all day yesterday with people actually doing exactly that. Awesome. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about judgments that people, or excuse me, medical conditions that might right. show up okay. that would cause problems that you wouldn't expect. Right. A lot of, a lot of folks don't know. So there are provisions. Uh, so the general rule is, is if you've had a bankruptcy, you can't get an FHA mortgage for two years from the discharge and four years on a conventional mortgage. But you can get an FHA mortgage after one year after bankruptcy if it was medical. And a lot of people don't know that. So um, uh, if you if you've had a situation where maybe you got sick and they didn't know how to diagnose you and then all of a sudden then they finally did. And but now you've had interrupted income and you've your wife has had interrupted income because she's had to take care of you and you've had doctor appointments and you've had medical bills that you weren't expecting. And all of this has created a medical nightmare for you that bankruptcy is the only way out. Don't think you have to wait two years. Wait one year and give me a call. Because if we can describe uh, to underwriting that this is medical and we can give them the documentation to prove it and it's not that hard to get, folks, we can close you. I had a a couple that did that here not that long ago and uh, got in with zero down payment, uh, there, and so you don't get a worse interest rate or right. anything like that. It's just, uh, they just want to see one year from that bankruptcy and then they, you can go forward. All good. All mm-hmm. good. So what sorts of thing do they want to see from the bankruptcy? So they want to see that most of what was bankrupted was medical bills. They want to see that you're back on track. So you not, you can't be still falling behind, right? You have to, have kind of recovered from everything really because that's what we're telling the underwriter that was then this is now we've recovered that was what would happen to me what i do about it i claim bankruptcy why won't it happen again i've been diagnosed so i'm back on track i'm making money here's my history and 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 that can be overcome and how much 
money and history do they need to show proof that things are different now? So they just need to show uh, 12 months of cleared credit. So they don't want to have any lates in the last 12 months. And they want to see that your pay stubs show that you are back to full time. You aren't missing work. You aren't low on income and such. And let's just say that the caretaker, um, you know, in those situations has had to either step away from work or step down to part time or their their work is like, Uh, not consistent all the time. How does that impact people's ability to get approved? Right. So um, your, your, your current history on mortgage or current history, pardon me, on income is the most important. So, so I, I had a couple here not too long ago that came to me and she had been get, taking hours on a, you know, um, call in kind of basis. So they weren't, you know, static, like 40 hours a week or whatever, just whenever she got called in. But she's quote unquote, I've got air quotes here, gonna go back to full time. Well, when you do, give me a shout <laughs> because <laughs> the, you're really kind of, shooting yourself in the foot by by doing that by taking doing sporadic hours think of it from an underwriter's perspective how much income should i give them credit for the income that i have proof that you've made or the income that you you tell me you're gonna make here coming up so that's why you need the proof so stay in your job don't take these you know oh it's summer i want to relax and then think you're going to buy a house in 10 minutes so yeah. let's talk about people that have cash jobs Oh, right. Cash jobs. Those are rough. They've got a part-time job that's a regular, you know, W-2, but they do stuff on the side. They mow yards. They clean houses. They fish. Right. Um, They go places and tell jokes. They tell jokes. (laughs) (laughs) I know people like that. I've never heard of anybody that got paid like that, but... um, There are mortgages for people like that. There actually are, yeah. So, um, but the problem is, is you can't do first-time homebuyer money with loans like that. You can't get down payment assistance if that's the way you're paid. So you can get mortgages with good 20% down payment, and we get your most recent 12 months or 24 months bank statements and average your deposits over the course of that time, and that's what we then use as your income. But you got to have 20% down. That takes the risk away from the lender for using just the deposits as your pay. Okay, so you you got a lot of cash. You're sitting on a lot of cash, but you can't show it on your W-2s. You're saying that with Sierra Pacific, you guys can average the bank statements. Right, average the deposits for the last 12 or 24 months, whichever is more favorable or however you're paid or whatever. And then that's what we use for your monthly income. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Out of the box. Out of the that box. That is out of the box. Yes. I love that. Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about um, a borrower that I talked to, a potential borrower. Uh, he had a foreclosure nine years ago. This is a really wonky one. Okay. Foreclosure nine years ago. So if you had foreclosure, right, you think, okay, it's done. It's behind me. It's in yes. the past. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Remember that a definition of foreclosure is that you lose your house to the bank because mm-hmm. you stopped making payments. And so then that debt on that home is not paid back in full. The bank takes possession, sells the house for as much as they can, but usually it's a distressed property and not, they don't get as much for the home as they, okay. as what you lended. Uh, on it so this particular gentleman that that happened to and he but it was nine years ago so okay what's in the past is in the past i'm gonna go out and buy a house again i got good stable income yada 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 bought a house guess what happened in the title work two weeks before closing pops up the second mortgage that he had on his house from nine years ago can you believe that wow 
unreal. I know. Unbelievable. And yeah. We see that, don't we? And we do see it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so don't, again, don't be an ostrich and put your head in the sand and assume that that all went well and that's all gone. So that is a shocker for folks. Is yeah. Because if your short sale or your foreclosure back in the day, back in the downtime, you think, because most likely you had an attorney of some sort involved in this whole process, right, whether right, it's right. the bank's attorney or somebody. I'm telling you, back then, those banks would lose every document that you'd ever send them. Mm-hmm. It was madness. It was madness. And so when you would get one closed, you know, you you were relying on the short sale attorney to make sure that those documents are recorded. Right. That's the only way you can prove that that second was removed. Right. right? Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And that was not the case for this gentleman. So this $53,000 second mortgage rears its ugly head. He doesn't happen to have an extra $53,000 in the bank to pay right. it off. Imagine. So, mm-hmm. The only way to deal with it after many, many, many phone calls and looking into it was to bankrupt the debt. That was wow. the only way he could do it. And now that's got to be painful. You think is. that you went through that and right. now you're on a new journey but look, and it still popped up. Yeah. You just wanted to handle it back then, I'm sure. So let's just talk about it. So I don't know this person. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a house already an offer involved with this particular situation? So I, I don't know a lot about what happened nine years ago. Oh, you mean what in the yeah. r- recent? Yes, Is that a, how a you year found ago. Out? Right? No, it wasn't my transaction a year ago. He found out about it a year ago. But yes, he is under contract. He's two weeks from closing. Okay, so yeah. so think about that. You know, yeah. if so, let's just talk that through. So how would how would you reverse engineer that so that that you could find that information out sooner? So, you know, you can do name searches on yourself. They cost okay. like 50 bucks through the county. You can do that. You can do, uh, you can go through the courts, the, uh, bankrupt court systems, and it lists what your debts were at that time that were associated with your social security number, your name, your address, all the stuff at that time. It is findable. You have to do Why some work. Why would you even think to look? You though. wouldn't even yeah, think to look. That's, that's what I'm exactly saying. Like, it I'm saying if you had a bankruptcy, a foreclosure, or a short sale in the down market, should I go look just because? Look it up. Okay. Yes. Do the search yourself, especially before you want to do something like buy a house. Because I even have homework now. I'm like, I I thought, I mean, I I was one of those people that had to go through a short sale. You would certainly think everything I think I'm done. It wouldn't even occur to me to go look at it. Yeah, because if you had a home equity line of credit... That had to actually get settled okay. and negotiated during exactly. a short sale. And so once that happened, somebody didn't do something right for this. My gentleman. goodness. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And what happens if your short sale attorney dies? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. And where do you go to get <laughs> that happens. information? It happens. Lots of things to think about. So don't right. be an ostrich. What and we're telling you is reach out. And we always remind you to reach out to Shelly. Shelly, real quick, tell them you have time to give them your number and all that information. Well, I'm going to give you uh, instead, go to the website.